You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday after the Pelicans now go to 3-0, and despite the refs' kind of interference on all of this. Yes, we will talk about their 116-109 victory over the Los Angeles Clippers on Tuesday night to move this team to 3-0, and undefeated, up there at the top of the Western Conference. Pretty awesome. We're going to really dive deep into this game. We're going to kind of scream and bitch about the refs. You guys know me. I don't normally do that. That's how bad it was in this game the other night. And then we got some news, a media advisory, warning, let's call it, over a major business announcement coming for your New Orleans Pelicans. What could could it mean as we get spooky for Halloween here, which of course the answer is easy if you've listened to the podcast before, but we'll talk about that in the final segment here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So if you're a new listener, thank you all for tuning in. The Pelicans are 3-0 and this is a fun season and I am happy to have you here. If you've been with me from the beginning or at any other point in time, thanks for sticking out and you finally get rewarded with a 3-0 Pelican start to the year. So please tell your friends this is shaping up to be a very special Pelican season and you want them here along for the ride. So make sure they listen and subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. So a 116-109 victory for your Pelicans over the Los Angeles Clippers, who fall to 2-2 while the Pelicans move to 3-0. This was not the easy victory that I kind of expected from this Pelicans club. I thought they matched up pretty well against the Clippers. The Clippers in their bigs were going to have some trouble with Anthony Davis, with Julius Randle, with Nikola Mirotic, and they did, of course. Those guys put up numbers. Um, But the Pelicans also struggled by themselves, not necessarily due to the Clippers, though some of it was due to the Clippers' defense. Defensive effort, but this was a struggle win for New Orleans, which isn't a bad thing. And I'm going to talk about that in the second segment and why that's maybe going to make this team even scarier. But first, let's take a look at who played well, who didn't. And of course, it starts with Anthony Davis in this one 34 points on the night, 13 rebounds, two assists. So those numbers drop, but zero turnovers. Also, by the way, five blocks. He was his usual dominant self. He had a really great superstar moment late in the fourth where he buried a three that we thought was going to be the dagger that kind of iced this game. It wasn't, but that was big and needed. He was two of three from the night from deep. He was 10 for 15 from the free throw line, a little bit worse than what he normally does, but getting to the line 15 times in what was a interest, let's call it interestingly officiated game. is certainly nice to see. He can get there. We know that he's just got to kind of keep it up. Drew Holiday played Almost 38 minutes in this one. By the way, AD played over 40, just a shade. Isn't shooting well to start the year, but you feel his impact on the court. Eight points on the night. That's it. Four personal fouls, but he did have nine assists. Chipped in six rebounds as well. Had three turnovers, but he was two of 15 from the field, including 0 for 4 from deep. We'll touch on the three-point shooting also in this game because it was pretty bad. That, when you look at it, is going to be like, oh, whatever. He was terrible. He wasn't. 
This is a guy who played exceptionally well on the night, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, forcing turnovers, grabbing some steals, and just slowing down this Clippers team when the Pelicans really needed to try and get a stop. He hasn't gotten the scoring scoring going this year, but he's been very impactful in every game he played, and it was felt last night. Alfred Payton finished with 20 points on the night, six assists, six rebounds. He was seven for 11 from the field. He was getting to the rim and scoring that way. And the Pelicans needed that in a game where they, again, had to really struggle to score and get a victory in this one. He did go one of one from deep in what was the actual dagger, not that Anthony Davis three. It was the one from Alfred Payton left open on the left side, kind of at the top of the three point line near where it starts to break. And he drained it. And that was when you knew that this game was going to be over. You had each one more out there starting as well. 14 points, two rebounds, two assists. He was six of 13 from the field, two of five from deep. Just his kind of usual, unassuming, but quietly solid self. Nikola Miritich played 30 minutes in this game. And you're going to look at his points and say 18, not too bad. 12 rebounds, pretty good. He was 0 for 6 from deep. That flamethrower stopped in this one, but he found other ways to score. If you take out those six three-point attempts, he was 7 for 12 on the night. That is a way to make your presence felt. Get inside, cut off ball, that if you're not shooting well, you can still have an impact. He did it in this game. Again, 12 boards is great too. Played solid defense for the most part. We do need to start talking more about the Pelicans defense. We're going to save that for tomorrow where we can dedicate some more time to it. Because again, they did kind of give up a good amount of points in the paint. They kind of got blown by on the perimeter a little bit. Basically things we've been seeing all throughout the year so far. Julius Randle off the bench, five of nine from the field, one of two from deep, seven from seven for the line. Finished with 18 points on the night, five boards. It's six fouls. The final two of those, this is where we're going to talk about the refs, were garbage. The refs in this one were calling it very tight. A lot of very ticky-tack fouls that went against the Pelicans. The fifth foul on Julius Randle, going for a board where he caught no part of the defender, got the offensive rebound, put it back up and scored, and they called an offensive foul on him. Second one didn't really touch the guy, and or sorry, the sixth one didn't really touch the guy. Got it, you know, thrown out of the game after he fouled out and was very upset by this. This is the type of thing where in years past we might have seen this Pelicans team unravel a little bit, but they kept their composure. No one picked up a tech, which at one point, if you had seen Alvin Gentry pick one up, you would have felt, okay, it's probably justified to send a message and fire up his team. But he believes in this squad, and they went out and they just kept playing and battled. On the night, the Pelicans shot just 43% from the field. They've been shooting 56% through their first two games. There's a significant drop right there. They were 6 of 24 from deep, 25%, aided by, of course, Miritich and Holiday going 0 for 10 from the field. And you still found a way to win. Despite all of that, you get to still 116 points. Pace in this one between 104-105 when we finally see the final numbers. The first half was played much quicker than the second half, largely due to the teams missing just an absolute ton of buckets to start this game, which is going to, of course, increase your pace by misses and not having to inbound the ball, playing a little bit slower and all of that. However, the second half felt a little bit faster, but then whistles slowed everything down. So this is kind of a tough one to judge. For the Clippers, I thought, again, they would struggle, but their bigs, 
the two guys that have been leading them to that two-in-one start, Tobias Harris, Danilo Gallinari, 26 points and 24 points respectively. That's where the damage was done. Of course, Lou Williams off the bench, 17 points, though he's 0 for 3 from deep, but 8 of 15, he was scoring every which way as long as it wasn't from deep and kind of, you know, was a problem for the Pelicans. They didn't really have anyone for Drew Holiday to guard out in their backcourt to start the game. Avery Bradley and Patrick Beverly are not guys that are going to kind of kill you. And combined, they scored a total of 14 points in this game. It was on the defensive side when Montrez Harrell came in off the bench, he put up 12. He was a bit of a problem. Those subs for the Clippers really hurt the Pelicans because they had their starters out. Those guys knew when to kind of take advantage and what to do. And again, when you have them going to the line a bunch in the bonus very often, it kind of kills the flow of the game. And that certainly hurt the Pelicans in this one. The refing just was not good. It takes a lot for me to kind of get upset over this. I don't really think one or two ref calls bad as or good in your favor are really going to change a game. It's 48 minutes. It's 100-something possession as we've seen, that's a minuscule amount of that. You're under, you know, two, three percent at that point. But man, they were rough in this one. A lot of offensive fouls against the Pelicans that didn't really seem like offensive fouls. Times when they weren't really touching, you know, their offensive guys when they were defending and still fouls called against them really hurt this team. But they grounded out and they ended up with the victory again, moving to three and oh. So before we jump into the next segment, we talk about why this is such a big victory for New Orleans. Don't forget the Locked On NBA podcast is five days a week, Monday through Friday, covering everything you need to know around the association. Of course, on Wednesdays, I co-host the NBA pod, so make sure you listen on that day, especially we have Sam Amick of The Athletic on there talking all things NBA, and it is a lot of fun. So make sure you listen and subscribe daily wherever you get your podcast from to the Locked On NBA podcast. So before we jump to why, again, this is such a big win, we've got to talk about something else, and that's sex. Good sex. You remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-improved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know this stuff works. BlueChew.com, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships discreet, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On, Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Pelicans. So the 116-109 victory over the Clippers is really big for this team, I think. They talked on opening night or the home opener on Friday about establishing home court. This team had the same home record and road record as last year. Again, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Two home losses to the Sacramento Kings last year, a home loss to the... Um, Dallas Mavericks, there we go. You lost to the Orlando Magic, too. You're dropping very winnable games when you should kind of have a culture established here that this is not what you do. Look at the Spurs who kind of overachieve, it seems, more recently, particularly last year, and looking like they will again this year. They beat teams they should beat 
at home because they're well coached and they just know what to do then. The Pelicans have not kind of had that. But then you get this victory. It's ugly. The refs aren't going their way. They're shooting like shit, basically. And you still win. And in the second half of this game, after the Pelicans put up 10 more points in the third quarter, it was 32-22 to 22 over the Clippers. The ending never really felt in doubt. Yes, the Clippers made this a little bit more nerve-wracking than it could have been. The Pelicans could have run away with it at one point. They had the, a 14-point lead in the second half. And the Clippers chipped back and just wouldn't go away. But when you were watching this, did you ever feel like they were going to take the lead late in the second half? No. And I think that speaks wonders to this team and volumes about them. Anthony Davis went out and hit a huge three. Alfred Payton open, who is a decent enough spot-up three-point shooter, was confident enough to take that shot. Julius Randle fouled out and they didn't unravel. No text. They played under control and just knew what they had to do to get the win. Look at the offensive rebounds they grabbed. All of it is just exactly what you want to see from this team. And it really feels like they've turned a page mentally. These guys know what it takes to win. No moping on the court. They carry themselves how you'd want them to, like a winner does. And they're establishing a very tough home court with it. The crowd on opening night here in New Orleans on TV didn't look too good because they didn't fill and kind of funnel people down. But overall, the crowd was excellent. When you look up into the balcony, the corners were filled. The baseline seats were filled. That's never what you see, even on opening night against a team like the Kings. And they were loud all game. The crowd, despite a gross Tuesday here in New Orleans where it basically rained and was kind of cold all day, there were people there and they got loud at the right moments and they were in it for the most part. They were booing the refs throughout the second half. Exactly what you want to see. It feels like the culture is being established and not only being established, but starting to take hold. And this team is building up what they started to do at the latter end of last season after the DeMarcus Cousins victory. They went out and ran and when they had the opportunity to, they really took it to this Clippers team and again, eked out just an ugly win that in years past, you never would have thought they would have been able to do. So this shows that if the Pelicans can have an off night and still win and beat at that point a team that was 2-1, and one, that is looking kind of good. Don't forget the, the Clippers have a win over the Houston Rockets as well. That says something. They don't need to be at their best to blow teams out or to win. They can still cruise to reasonably comfortable victories despite things not going their way. Again, we haven't been able to say that in the past. You've got to feel good about this. There's a reason I'm calling it potentially, we're, we're three games in, a special season for New Orleans. There's depth here that they haven't had before. Anthony Davis is taking his game to another level. And hell, look at a guy like Miritich who goes 0 for 6, but still, 18 points on the night and feels very impactful. Drew Holiday, 2 of 15, by the way. T second highest and plus minus for the team. AD was plus 15. Drew Holiday, plus 12, despite that poor shooting. That kind of tells you what you need to know. This is a scary team that can win multiple ways. It's not just their lightning blitz you fast style, but hey, okay, we're in a bit of a slugfest. We're grinding this out. We got this too because we've got the guys that we can ride down the stretch. And you saw it from Anthony Davis. You saw it from Alfred Payton. Hell, Solomon Hill even actually had a pretty good game in this one where, not great, he had some moments where just guys blew by him and he lost his defensive marks. There's no doubt about that. But there were other times where he had three 
three straight possessions where he basically forced a turnover of the Clippers. He did one or two things nice offensively. He had a really nice pass for an assist to Etwan Moore, I think it was, or no, sorry, to Anthony Davis. And you can see this team starting to come together, and as these guys learn their roles and know their roles a little bit more, they're going to be a very good club. So definitely pay attention to this Pelicans team all season long. So before we get to the big business, as they're calling it, announcement for your New Orleans Pelicans, don't forget Locked On LSU has launched with the great Matt Moscona of ESPN Radio 104.5, there we go, over there in Baton Rouge and 100.3 here in New Orleans. And we, of course, also have Locked On Saints with Ross Jackson coming to you guys Monday through Friday, giving you everything you want to know. Again, special seasons all around here. LSU's looking good. The Saints are looking good. And the Pelicans are looking good. Make sure you tune into all of this. Louisiana sports coming up big in 2018. So some big news coming today, and of course we're going to talk about this tomorrow here on Locked on Pelicans with a media advisory. We'll call it a warning. We've got boil water warnings all the time, boil water advisories. We've got media advisories that are big things here with this Pelicans team. They are claiming to make, and this is quote, a major business announcement, whatever could that be. 1 p.m. today, Wednesday, where? In Birmingham, Alabama at the Legacy Arena. The New Orleans Pelicans, they say, in conjunction with the city of Birmingham and the Legacy Arena slash BJCC will make a major a major business announcement on Wednesday, October 24th. I've given you guys a hint at what this was last season. When we said they kind of scrapped their plans on a G League team and things looked dead in the water, but something kind of came around and maybe reached out to the Pelicans to try and get this done. And that, of course, is going to be the G League team in Birmingham. The Pelicans getting their own team, finally, that they're going to be in control. Shortly after the media advisory went out, of course, who else? Woj came out and broke some more news with it, saying the New Orleans team is launching a G League affiliate in Birmingham, Alabama. League sources tell ESPN the team will start playing in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, next season until renovations are complete in Bernie, Birmingham. So the Erie team, which was the Atlanta Hawks team, is being moved. Now they'll keep that team there, it sounds like, and New Orleans will kind of assume operations of that. They'll play in Erie um, next season before finally relocating to Birmingham once they get the arena all said and done. So we're not looking at a Birmingham team next year, but the season after that. But at least the Pelicans, and you guys mentioned, uh, should remember, I mentioned this basically the other day uh, here on Locked On Pelicans, are getting their own G League affiliate. They can send their own guys there. They can have their own coaching staff there. And all of that's only going to be a good thing for this team. They're one of the few teams in the NBA that doesn't have their own G League affiliate. The other two right now are Denver and Portland. Um, Denver, it sounds like, are going to be getting their own very soon. It'll basically leave Portland as the only team without a G League affiliate. So I think that's where this league's heading. They want 30 of these, of course. And it's finally kind of moving in that direction where they're at least going to have 29. Look, major, the, the top teams in the league have their own. They can stash their own guys there. Even if they don't make it, it signals your intent that you're a serious player franchise I think it kind of just shows you've grown up a little bit so the Pelicans getting this I think is definitely a big thing for them again Trevon Blewett and all that they're going to have their own coaches there in the future whoever their other two-way guys are and any other guys that the Pelicans maybe want to keep with this team or around the team where they can send there and just keep an eye on 
Only a good thing for this team. No names or anything like that. They're likely going to kind of crowdsource this. There might be a poll, something like that. Basically, it sounds like this announcement is just here to kind of say, hey, we're going to play here. And then we'll talk about some of the other stuff with it, Erie and all of that. I don't know if Alvin Gentry is going to be there. I saw Dell Demps at the arena last night. So maybe they're heading out to Birmingham right away. Who knows? But also it shows you this Pelicans team, the franchise, is willing to spend. Gail Benson, willing to spend. If you want to be cheap, you don't do this. So that's a great thing. Um, Birmingham, it sounds like, reached out to the Pelicans after everything kind of went dead in the water with Pensacola, which is where it was going to be. And Birmingham say, hey, we'd like to have you here. So I think it's a great fit. It's close enough where you can make a drive or a quick flight. I don't know, maybe you can take a helicopter for all I know. So that's kind of one of the big things here is you want these close to the parent club. Erie, Pennsylvania is a little far away, but that's only one season as they kind of make this transition and kind of renovate this arena, it sounds like, for what the Pelicans exactly want. So great news for the Pelicans. Look, it'll be fun to kind of watch some G League basketball, know the guys, and kind of follow their careers to see if they can make it. It opens up another market. Birmingham's not a huge market, but it's not as small as Pensacola is or Shreveport is. So I think that's a good thing, too. So just only good things all around for the Pelicans and their G League team. So stay tuned for the announcement coming at 1 p.m. today. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the win. 3-0. We'll talk more about G League tomorrow. We'll talk more about the defense, where the improvements need to come from, because there were some concerns, not major concerns, but some concerns that we've seen throughout all three games so far, particularly in the win over the Clippers. So as always, I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 